Hi everyone and welcome to your horoscope for the week of July the 12th, 2021. We have really active sky playing out all throughout the week. And finally, this is where, towards the very end of the week, we might have a moment of respite. Because this ongoing uh, Mars, Saturn and Uranus T-square, you know, with Venus also being part of it, it was a little bit too much for most of us to process, to handle. This was like, personally speaking, a lot of unexpected situations, a lot of twists and turns of events, sometimes just problems surfacing. Sometimes it was the nitty-gritty that just made the whole situation look so very complicated. Yet it was these fine details which we just couldn't afford to miss. We couldn't afford to take into consideration. So regardless of how hard, difficult it was, and of course it still is, this, let's say, signature aspect of the year 2021 has to provide us with truth and clarity, especially on a very, very individual level, because most of this truth and clarity has to do with our own personal value systems. And you know that also has a profound psychological nuance to it, even a spiritual nuance, and everything that we have learned throughout our lives, because that is how we form our value systems. So this goes back to education, school, childhood, and a lot of these issues especially at this time where Jupiter and Neptune are in the sign of Pisces, so the long-term past, and with the Sun in the sign of Cancer, the past in general, all of these facts are being evoked, we are invited to reenact them, to recall them, to remember them, and process them, and to see how even sometimes the most insignificant details, let's say about our childhood, our upbringing, maybe a motto which was very relevant to your parents, how all of these apparently not so significant things might have impacted our value systems profoundly and we carried those impacts with us all throughout our lives and it, and it takes such a very strong and chaotic celestial aspect where both Uranus and Saturn, you know, battling each other, have a lot to do with the truth, where Uranus is future-oriented, Saturn is past-oriented, so this is where the past and the future has have to become like really good bedfellows, like it or not, because otherwise we cannot turn this aspect into something truly positive for us individually. But ultimately, the potential, the big, big potential in this, well, as long as we are aligned, at least, you know, in thought, emotionally, spiritually, with our true and most authentic value systems, you know, whatever represents who it is that we are today in the now, who it is that we have become, and what kind of future aspirations we possess in our hearts, what motivates us to embrace life for the future, basically. Knowing that, being aligned with that, having that as an integrate part of our personal truth, well, that does change our lives in any shape, way, or form. Even if the immediate change is terminations, 
you know, having to confront our limitations and all our urgent problems that basically create a lot of stress in our lives right now. Knowing them, uh, being confronted with them is very important because we know that those are the things we have to solve first. And of course, it really depends individually of where these aspects are in your personal chart, in your personal life, which area of your life it influences the most because that is what you're gonna resolve or at least try your hardest to find a solution, a change or at least a compromise to try your very hardest to make life, your life, your reality reflect who it is that you are, not who you were, not who you were kind of programmed to be because that is education and upbringing, our conditioned self so to speak and neither something unrealistic which has to do with a future vision or goal of ours because even if that is an aspiration and it is part of who we have to become it's not here right now so we have to work with what we have right now and naturally how all of this played out globally well that is was very straightforward accidents explosions unusual and quite extraordinary weather phenomenons and of course the economic, political and social instability, chaos and fight for the truth regardless of which side we look at, well, everyone is kind of fighting for their truth ultimately so that has to create chaotic moments and moments of instability, it has to get worse before it's, it gets better. So first of all, at the very beginning of the week, we are still going to have this T-square active with Venus conjunct Mars. So it's not just Mars alone, very powerful in the sign of Leo and irritated quite strongly by Saturn. This is where the ancients considered Mars as the lesser malefic, so bringer of conflict, misfortune, you know, upheaval of any kinds of tower in the tarot and Saturn is the greater malefic that basically is the lord of karma. So if we have to kind of pay or service karmically for something that we did in any way, well, that Saturn is gonna create that in our lives, that momentum, that karmic entanglement. And when these two power players battle each other in an opposition, he might have to abandon certain principles, goals, ideals in order to solve the present moment situation. And for a lot of people that can be quite painful, it can be quite disappointing, it can feel very very assertive and let's not forget that Venus, goddess of love and beauty, so everything that we truly love within our hearts of hearts, in the sign of Leo, of course, that is the symbolism of Leo. Well, that is also aggravated, combusted, conflagrated, if this makes sense, by Mars, the planet of action, fire, willpower, all of that, and also very fiery and combustible place in the sky, Leo. So this is definitely not an easy energy. But as I said, this is just the very beginning of the week. This is where it starts getting better. This is where the conflicts finally start to 
solve themselves for clarity, resolution, options, opportunities to start entering our lives. Because the overall energy is starting to shift. And also the opposition of Mars and Venus towards Saturn. And also the square they hold with Uranus is starting to get weaker and weaker. Both Mars and Venus are navigating out of the square and its opposition. So that's a really good sign. That is a saving grace. So even if things are still a little bit tensionate and uncomfortable and let's say painful at the beginning of the week, it's basically the very last emotional charge of this energy, especially individually speaking. And at the same time, also at the very beginning of the week, we have a really favorable energy shift where Mercury finally leaves the sign of Gemini. And I know that Mercury is the ruling planet of Gemini, so it is one of the strongest places in the sky. Yet we had this energy and also its retrograde energy for such a long time now. And especially informationally, communication-wise, even within our relationships, jobs, in any sh way, shape or form, it was a little bit way too much. And it also held a disharmonious aspect with Neptune. So that was disappointment, disillusion, that was like a really powerful emotional, psychological reality check which did make us feel blocked in so very many ways, even if it was just psychologically. So now Mercury is leaving that part of the sky, but before it leaves, around Sunday, some very important either communication, news... Or perhaps your own thoughts processing something, an epiphany, a sudden realization may be part of our stories. And that might come through as the final gift, if we can even call it that way, of this Mercury in the sign of Gemini. And then on Monday it moves on to the sign of Cancer. Now in Cancer, of course, it isn't as powerful and it isn't as influential as in its home sign of Gemini, yet after all the Gemini and brainstorming energy that we were forced to deal with all throughout July, well this comes as a saving grace because Mercury in the sign of Cancer is emotional intelligence, it is emotion-based communication, sharing feelings, sharing emotional values, sharing, you know, moments of nostalgia, the past, talking about our feelings, talking about how we feel, even the past, even childhood, our families, so everything that has to do with the sign of cancer. And what's even more important is that as soon as Mercury enters the sign of cancer, it will start holding a trine with Jupiter from the sign of Pisces, and that trine is really, really beautiful, it is inspirational, it is profoundly healing. Because on one hand, it can represent that that is the moment when we are truly processing, accepting, working with the past, 
as in to promote our own healing, nurture, self-care, self-love. And on the other hand, it can also represent help, solidarity, compassion, empathy from our families, from people who really, really love us and care about us, from even people from the past and the distant past. It can also be a, an energy of really good karma, karmic harvest, so perhaps beautiful gestures, emotional support that we enabled for other people in the past, that all of that can enter in our lives and just help us. It is also the inspirational power of music, spirituality, Jupiter and Pisces, poetry, the beauty of the soul, the beauty of transcendence, altered state of consciousness, even fantasy dreams, and talk about dreams and fantasy, we also have another aspect in the sky where Neptune sextiles uh, Pluto. And this is a longer term aspect, yet still, because both of these planets are retrograde right now, their symbolism is a little bit stronger, and this is inner alchemy where one way or another, we do find a way to make our dreams, our fantasies, our deepest desires into reality. So these two aspects really complement each other and it can create a really beautiful moment of either inspiration, healing, emotional support, a moment of empathy, even divine guidance. It doesn't necessarily have to come from a person. It can just come from the divine, from within us, or simply Mercury being at the right place at the right time. So this energy actually soothes and tries to repair, heal, close the wound. So everything that we might have suffered with, you know, the eclipses in June and also the Uranus and Saturn square and then later on T-square. If there is an energy to heal this, well, it's definitely this one and to make it even more inspirational and beautiful, at the same time, the sun in the sign of Cancer forms a trine with Neptune. The sun is the light of our consciousness and the sign of Cancer. While it may represent the past, it may represent our families, our home, even physical home, or the place where we feel at home, where we belong, the culture that we belong to, the community, our parents, our loved ones our own creational and nurturing capacities, tendencies, our own emotional world, basically the world and the dimension of the soul. So everything that has to do with the sign of Cancer and Neptune is the divine source. It is the divine grace, divine inspiration. So there is very strong and predominant energy of blessing in the sky. What, however shape or form this might take for us individually, if it's just like a divine inspiration, if it's like a book, a, a song, music, a word, a communication, a praise, a gesture of empathy, kindness, or any kind of solidarity from another person, from friends, family, etc., it still has a very strong healing, regenerative and nurturing effect. And for artists and people who are very artistic in nature, this is a blessing of inspiration without a shadow of a doubt. 
And just last week, we had a new moon in this part of the sky. And this energy just builds on that new moon. So it's healing, regenerative, it is nurture. So things are actually starting to get better. And towards the end of the week, it's gonna feel so very different. And of course, also the fact that Mars and Venus get out of range of the square to Uranus and the opposition to Saturn without those really hard, tensionate, assertive, you know, chaotic and problem-causing, accident-causing aspects, this energy is gonna feel so very, very different. Mars alone in the sign of Leo without being aggressed, so to speak, by other planets, well, it is a really, really good and positive energy. It is the passion of the heart. It is ambition. It is ability to trust ourselves, to trust our feelings and follow our feelings, our impulses with action. It is also courage, bravery. It is feeling so confident that we are able to solve any problem, uh, handle any situation. And with Venus there as well, that simply makes our hearts, our passions, everything that we love even more magnetic. And speaking about Mars and Venus in the sign of Leo, next week we are going to have a very important start of a new cycle marked by the meeting of Venus and uh, Mars in the sign of Leo. This is the moment when their conjunction, their meeting, perfects itself. And this is important for a number of different reasons. First of all is that whenever Mars and Venus meet in the sky, once every two years, their meeting opens a cycle of relationships. So the sign and, of course, the other astrological setup of the sky, where they meet and how they meet, will determine what kind of energy, nuances, and, you know, emotional and psychological charge the forming of new relationship in that two-year period is going to look like. And when I say relationship, well, it can mean, of course, romantic relationship, marriages, the union of two people, but it can also be anything which has to do with passion, anything which has to do with your interest, your will, what is basically in your will, what do you want to do, what you're drawn and attracted towards. And of course, it can also represent two parties, two sides coming together for a single purpose. So for example, for some people who might have this exactly in their fifth house, well, chances are they are going to fall in love with someone or something. If it's like, for example, in your ninth house, it can simply be attracting a new specialization like professionally, new studies, a new mentor, a new teacher, a new worldview, a new faith, new travels, for example, international or long-distance travels. If it's in your seventh house or first house, it might be someone being attracted to you, someone falling in love with you, 
someone offering you any kind of partnership. So it really depends individually, but very, very collectively looking at this energy, well, Mars is the male principle, Venus is the female principle. So it really represents the karmic and also energetic, psychological, spiritual nuance of relationship in this two-year cycle. And because when Mars and Venus meet in the sky, they no longer hold either the square or, or the opposition, which is a really, really positive sign, because it kind of means the freedom of the heart. So new relationship born under this energy, or even where present relationship romances are going to evolve after this celestial meeting takes place, so this goes for the next two years. Well, it's going to be very, very hard based, based on passion, attraction, also a kind of childish innocence, the willingness to risk, the willingness to try, the willingness to be perseverant. And it doesn't really matter where exactly this leads the new or present relationships, because even though this is absolutely wonderful, this is what, you know, basically all relationship, romance, anything that has to do with love should be based on the heart energy. You know, there's another side of this. Love creates a, a, attachment. Love creates obsessions. It is very, very hard to let go of love. So this is the downside of this energy. Love can sometimes hurt, as they say. But I do believe that is part of the deal, that is part of what they call love, attraction, in any way, shape or form. And since Leo is the fifth house, basically, so the heart, the heart space, the inner child, everything that makes us basically happy, this might be one of the most natural places in the sky where this conjunction should take place. Also, you know, this comes as a breath of fresh air as the cycle of the past two years closes with this, where the past um, Mars and Venus conjunction, if I'm not mistaken, took place in the sign of Virgo, where Venus was debilitated and Mars kind of represented service. So it was anything but love, passion, matters of the heart-based, it was more like let's solve the problems of physical reality, material reality together. So it was much more like an alliance base where these partners may or may not be in love with each other. They're actually together to survive, to solve a situation or because they're really, really compatible intellectually, mentally, or they just complete each other in a very practical way, not necessarily emotionally or love-based. So, you know, relationship, especially new relationships formed under the Venus and Mars conjunction in Virgo, well, they weren't very nurturing, emotionally speaking. They had very good uses because, you know, Virgo is... A, karmic energy in the sense that it's the opposite house of the sign of Pisces. 
So when you kind of have to serve something karmic of nature or someone has to serve you as a karmic contract, so to speak, well, that is the part of the sky where it will manifest because Virgo is routines and our everyday lives. And karmic energies shifting and rearranging will definitely affect that part of our personal lives as well. So that's why this can come as a breath of fresh air. Because, you know, in my opinion, love, romance and everything which has to do with the meeting of Venus and Mars, the male and female principle, should be about love, should be about feelings, it should be about everything that delights the heart. And including the darker and the more negative sides, those are basically part of the pack. That is what love is. That is how love exists and plays out in the physical world. So basically even the bad side is something which we accept. And those are very powerful teachers as well, especially about regarding love and relationships. Now, of course, there is another aspect which both Mars and Venus at the moment when they're together in the sky are holding. But this is a minor astrological a conversation called the quincunx or in conjunction which they are going to be holding with neptune and this is a little bit tricky because neptune is the planet of illusion it is always surrounded in a shroud of mystery it is never very straightforward it is always and always subjective and open to interpretations which means that the meeting of this Venus and Mars in the sky will definitely be food for thought, but not in a very intellectual and rational way, but rather from a psychological way of looking at it, because we will have to process whatever takes place in our lives, and it will definitely leave an impact for the long-term past, but at the same time, you know, an inconjunction can mean anything. It is an aspect which can create surprise, delight. It is where two areas of life meet each other, which have apparently nothing in common. And it is up to us to find a middle path for those energies to coexist with each other. Pisces is watery energy. It is spiritual, mystical, artistic, karmic. Leo is heart energy, it is the now, it is the eternal now, being deeply immersed into life and whatever we are living in the present moment. So you can see how these two energies don't really fit in together. But the good side of this is that sometimes it is a very delightful and unexpected surprise. And Neptune is the higher octave of Venus, so it is unconditional love, it is the love of the divine it is a very karmic energy, so it might even create very wonderful surprises for us personally, where it might not really be, let's say, a totally new relationship that is going to form, but rather one from a distant past, or with a person who we've known for a very long time, but we never considered them to be a partner, a lover, or whatever. And also besides love, romance, and matters of the heart, this energy is really, really good, inspirational, wonderful, and with a very strong potential for breakthrough and success for artists, 
for creators or everyone who is doing some kind of work based on self-expression, creativity, where they kind of give a shape and form to their passions regardless of what that, that might be. But of course, the meeting of Mars and Venus in the sky, opening this two-year cycle, well, this energy may not affect us immediately. Of course, it might make us feel a certain way immediately. But until we have any kind of manifestation in our lives, well, we still have two years, so it will take place over the course of two years. And it really, really depends on our individual situations as well. But, you know, whatever it may produce for us personally, well, it will still align us with what we truly love, regardless in which way that plays out or in which area of life it takes place. And that is always a good sign because it tells so much about us and who it is that we are. Now, around the 15th of July, we have a lot of positive aspects in the sky because the moon moves into a certain position where it holds a sextile with the sun and a trine with Pluto and Pluto holds a sextile with Neptune, Neptune trines the sun. All of these planets become connected in a very harmonious way and this might be a moment when we receive either some unexpected, wonderful, good news-based communication, when we might receive unexpected help from someone who really appreciates and loves us, maybe family, maybe someone totally different. It can also manifest as a profoundly healing and regenerative energy. So that might be a really good day for many of us where we might feel powerful once again. We might feel able to do a lot of things which we maybe had to give up on or just didn't simply have the strength for them anymore. Or if we were very busy all of June and July, this might be a moment when we can resume certain, let's say, rituals or routines which are about self-nurture, self-care, perhaps meditation, a spiritual moment, or when we take care of our health like exercise, eating, uh, any kind of detox. So, you know, towards the en end of the week, we might feel that we are starting to have a grip on our lives once more. We are resuming control. Things are not as chaotic as they once were. And this can also give us a lot of new dreams, inspiration. It can also make us more empathic, compassionate, have more solidarity for those who are vulnerable. And of course, we ourselves can also find ourselves be the subject of the compassion and empathy of other people. So this is a really beautiful energy which makes all of the stresses, anxiety, problems, sleeplessness, restlessness of the eclipse season and this very strong Saturn Uranus square much, much better. This is when regeneration and healing truly starts to take place. Now, of course, on Sunday, we have a tensionate aspect in the sky 
but this isn't really that very new. The sun opposes Pluto in the sky. And on one hand, this takes place once every year. And on the other hand, we already were confronted with this energy. First, when Mars was in the exact same position where it held its opposition with Pluto, that was really, really assertive and it made us feel totally helpless. Then there was Venus replacing Mars in this opposition. That was also pretty hard energy to process. Just think back of the last weeks of June and the beginning of July. What did you feel kind of helpless with? Perhaps you wanted to help someone who you love and you just didn't have the means. It can also be not having enough resources, financial stability to do or create or start something that you love doing or to live life basically. It might have come through as financial problems, stress, worry. For others it was challenges in their relationship, marriage, partnerships, even in contracts. For other people it played out as problems within their job, their career or they might have lost their jobs and careers under the Mars and Pluto opposition. So the sun taking the place as in going exactly where Venus and Mars once were. It just makes it clearer, it illuminates it. It kind of helps us process what happened and of course try our hardest to take in the lessons, take in the wisdom and try to just let go, try not to dwell on it, try to accept it and make something with what we have learned of how that Mars and Pluto, Venus and Pluto opposition played out in our lives. And of course, later on in July, Mercury will hold this opposition as well. And that will be another moment when we have to reflect and do something with what we have learned about what has taken place in our lives in the second half of June and the very beginning of July. But of course, that is just one aspect. There are so very many other inspirational, beautiful and harmonious aspects to help us get through everything that we may have had to endure, suffer and tolerate all through eclipse season and then this Mercury retrograde season and with the Saturn and Uranus square and Mars T-squaring. This was really, really difficult and quite challenging in an unprecedented way for most of us. So, you know, we might have never ever lived challenges, obstacles or any kind of personal problem in this way, in this manner that we have just recently experienced. So this will definitely leave at least a huge life lesson in its wake and regardless of how, you know, negative or fearful, chaotic it was, it still reveals something very, very important about who it is that we are and our true and most authentic value systems, you know, Uranus and Taurus. Well, this concludes your horoscope for next week. I do hope that you enjoyed it and you found it useful. 
I wish everyone a wonderful and blessed week. Until next time, bye for now.